Our reading this morning is taken from Genesis 12, starting at verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram travelled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. And then Abram set out and continued towards the Negev. This is the word of the Lord. What a wonderful passage. I personally find it hugely inspiring and deeply challenging. This is our first encounter with Abraham, later to become Abraham, in which we see God choose him, call him, to be the first of a great nation. At this point, we know very little about Abraham. He's first mentioned in the previous chapter as a son of terror. But through these early verses of chapter 12, we discover quite a lot about him, and especially about his character. For a start, he's not a young man, he's 75. I wonder what he was doing for the rest of his life leading up to his age of 75. He was brought up in the Chaldeans in a place called Ur, which was, by all accounts, a prosperous city with security and high standards of living. He then moved with his father and the rest of his family to Haran. It would appear that he'd made a very comfortable life in Haran. He had a wife, Sarai, many servants and possessions. Then his life was turned upside down. God spoke. God commanded him to go, to leave. But he gave him a promise to make of him a great nation, to bless him and make his name great so that he would be a blessing to others. Although this is an amazing and potentially impossible promise, in verse 4, we're told, in a very matter-of-fact sort of a way, so Abraham went as the Lord had told him. Let us pause here for a moment. 
This is arguably one of the most pivotal, pivotal moments in the Old Testament. This is the start of God's great nation, through which he demonstrates his purpose, his power, and most of all, his love. This is the new beginning, the beginning of the outworking of God's plan for his people. Abraham's trust and faith in God must have been enormous. To leave your homeland on a promise that you would be the father of a great nation with a barren wife must have taken all his courage and trust he could muster. This depth of faith doesn't come about overnight. As a man of mature years, he'd had a lifetime of building a relationship with Yahweh. You wouldn't risk everything for someone you just met. New beginnings always require a certain degree of a leap of faith. September is a time of new beginnings for many of us. Over 8 million children earlier this week went back or started school. That's a lot of nervous children and even more nervous parents. For the first time, I was returning to school, but this time as a teacher, and I was just as nervous. I have a new admiration for all your teachers out there. Although our new beginnings will not probably be as momentous or as influential in the grand scheme of things as Abraham's, there is still much we can learn from his trust and his faith. We are all called. God has called us and chosen us to have a relationship with him. We're called by Jesus' commandment, as we heard earlier in the service, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. And there's no other commandment greater than that. That is our first and most important calling. From this relationship, from this calling, all our subsequent actions flow. We can sometimes get somewhat sidetracked in trying to discern what our calling is. Should I be doing more of this? Should I be doing less of that? Am I being called to a new pioneer ministry in outer Mongolia? I'm not in any way undermining the importance of discernment. But I think we can have a tendency sometimes to overcomplicate and overthink it all sometimes. Keeping things simple, going back to the basics, can often give us a sense of clarity and a deep sense of peace. We're all too good sometimes at beating ourselves up, me included. In my opinion, there are two words we would be better off without, especially within a church context. And these are ought and should. I really ought to do this. I really should be doing that. But when we talk in this way, where is our motivation coming from? Often from guilt? If our relationship with God 
is one of participation with him in his plan for the world. And if it's with mutual adoration, our actions come from love. Abraham's actions came from the love of God. He obeyed because he loved God with all his heart, with all his soul, and with all his mind. Even though, humanly speaking, it all seemed impossible, Abraham still obeyed and was faithful to do God's leading. God didn't give Abraham the exact travel plans for his journey. In fact, he was annoyingly vague, just saying, go to the land I will show you. But Abraham trusted. He stepped out in faith without knowing all the detail. How often have we found this to be true in our lives? Wouldn't it be wonderful to know exactly where we're going? at least some of the time. Or maybe God knows better. Maybe if we knew all the plans God had for us in advance, we'd never get out of bed. Or it could be the reverse. If we knew what was coming, we might think we could handle it all in our own strength. The verse that has stayed with me and resonated with me most when looking at this passage, and interestingly it was slightly different in the version we heard, the last verse in my different versions at home said, and Abraham journeyed on by stages towards the Negev. He journeyed on by stages. God was leading his faithful servant on this mighty journey, the most important journey by stages. God didn't leave Abraham. Abraham didn't leave God. They journeyed together in stages. They stayed close together. God leading and talking, Abraham listening, worshipping, and being obedient. God knew Abraham's heart. He knew his mind, and he knew his soul. And he knew that he loved him. Through all the ups and downs of Abraham's journey, what sustained him ultimately was the relationship he had with Yahweh. We're all on different stages of our lives, in our journeys, with our faith. We all have unique gifts to use for the glory of God. And yes, it is important what we do and where we do it. But what underpins all our actions and our work in the world is the commandment that Jesus reminded us from the book of Deuteronomy. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. God's desire for us is for a relationship with us. As impossible as this sounds, I believe it to be true. If we have that desire too, if we are able to give him our attention, our time, and invest in that relationship, who knows what adventures he will take us on. But don't expect the big picture. We journey one step at a time. Each step gives us the opportunity to build our trust and our faith. And whatever stage we're at, 
we can be assured of God's unfailing love, grace and mercy to sustain us. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for Abraham and his trust and his faith in you. In all our busyness of life, in all our distractions that we face day by day, help us to stay rooted in you, to participate in the flow of your love for us and for the benefit of those that we meet. Help us to remember the most important commandment first. Help us to love you with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, with all our strength. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.